Okay, so this podcast is about how to thrive through winter because we all know that winter, depending on where you live in the world, can be one of the most fucking depressing things you ever go through. Luckily in the Southern Hemisphere, it's not so brutal, but uh, down in some of those Southern states, you know, it can be a challenge. And I don't think there's a single country out there on the planet where the population just doesn't shudder and dread the slightest thought of winter when it happens. And I just noticed people seem to just start to get this inner sadness and just this real dread. It seems like the whole psyche of a country, it just changes overnight. Once they realise winter is just around the corner, I know I've certainly suffered from those anxious feelings, especially when I moved to the UK in my 20s. If you'd like to know more about how I survived that brutal shock to the system, please keep listening to the end. And I'll tell you everything you need to know about how you can not only survive, but even thrive and learn how to actually just wash away all that winter blues and depression. Hello, you're listening to Positive Mindset Project, and I'm your host, Mark Provitz. Please like, share, and subscribe. I'm on a massive mission to get my 100,000 subscribers, and really, I need your help and generosity to get there, because without you, it's just not possible. And if you feel a friend or a family member would even enjoy this podcast, maybe they're over in London or New York freezing their ass off, share it with them you can even share this on facebook or instagram now i can remember the first time i arrived in london with my south african girlfriend and we'd been working in sunny israel it was amazing weather working backpacking and working on farms and then we went through turkey which was also another amazing experience full of waterfalls the ocean is just turquoise blue Beers were flowing. We were just having this amazing life. And then suddenly we decided we'd go to London for work. And so we flew into Gatwick Airport just outside London. And I think we only had about $200 to our name. And, I mean, that was between both of us. My girlfriend at the time had never even been to London and she had no work visa and really no plan B. So we were in it for the long haul together. Now, I can remember we caught the train down to Earl's Court. It's a typical backpacker budget accommodation area full of Kiwis, Aussies, and and back then the odd South African. I think now there's a lot more of them. And we only had enough money to last about four or five days, and then that was it. No flights home, no nothing. So we had to move our asses pretty quick, and... If you don't know, London's full of competition for all those low-skilled, low-paying bar jobs and restaurants. And it was really hard to even get an interview and you had all those kind of naysayer types of bosses and they had so many people to choose from. So we were never going to get a job because we hadn't worked in hospitality before and my girlfriend never had a visa. So let's put it this way. Things were going to be a little bit rocky and we didn't have much going our way except the fact that our back was against the wall and we just had to make it happen because there just was no plan B. And when you travel around the world indefinitely, there rarely is a plan B. 
in essence, we had to change our mindset to change our future. And the way we usually did that was just to have it right out then and there, have a massive argument. And I tell you, we took no prisoners. I can attest to that. We just throw our cards on the table and just go for it. And when I think back about it, we were just releasing our fear and our limiting beliefs and seeing what we're capable of. The one positive thing was that after we finished insulting each other and arguing, we'd recover relatively quickly and we'd just get on to whatever task needed to be completed. Hey, at least we're pragmatic. One thing we never did was procrastinate. I learned really quickly that poverty doesn't afford such luxuries as procrastination. And I think that's why a lot of people never ever get out of their comfort zone. And I think it's also important to remember if you are struggling financially or emotionally, you need to get the task as soon as possible. You see, once you can move from that victim and blaming mindset to a problem solving mindset, the better your outcome will be and the sooner it'll happen. One thing that did go to plan was that we were able to get my girlfriend a work visa. Luckily, the situation in London for South Africans had slightly changed, and that was if they could find an employment agency that would sign them up and kind of sponsor them, they would be able to get a work visa for them. So that's how we got that done. And the next thing was finding a live-in bar job because that was our only really option because we had no money left for food or accommodation. And they were the jobs that you could just go and live in a bar, they'd feed you, they'd give you accommodation. And, you know, that was your safety net, really. And we we're pretty much on the bones of our ass. And I think we had 20 pounds left between us. And we bought our ticket to a place called High Barnett. It was about one hour train ride outside of London. Now, I took this gamble because I knew one thing for sure, and that would be that no one would be bothered to go all that way for the job interview because people wanted to be in London where all the party was. But the thing is, in London where all the party was, people weren't saving money. And you know what? My gamble, it fucking paid off because no one had even inquired for the job. And the pub manager was just so happy that someone showed up, they basically gave us the job on the spot. And that was without any references or any experience. And we were actually so broke that we asked, could we start right away? Because to be honest, we didn't even have the money to go back to London. This was a massive Hail Mary. But you know what? That's what happens when you believe in yourself. This was an all or nothing play and we came up winners. So we basically took our backpacks straight upstairs to our room and started working that night. We just went and learnt the ropes just like that. And this all went well until we've been there about three months, I think, till we kind of thought of spending Christmas with our boss and sitting there eating Christmas dinner and he'd become more like an overlord to us whilst we were living there and pressuring us, working all these shifts and doing all these extra unpaid jobs. 
So we decided we'd move to London to be near our friends into this share house. And this was in Wilsdon Green. It was kind of a kind of struggle kind of suburb. And I swear after about one week of fine weather, when we got there, it just started to piss down nonstop every friggin' day for about two months. There was at one stage 16 of us living in a three bedroom house with one bathroom. And I can tell you the backyard was often used as an auxiliary bathroom by the guys. But luckily, we were the only couple in the house. So we had this tiny little room for ourselves. And that was pretty generous of them to let us have that. But the rest of them were all like sardines laying in their sleeping bags next to one another. We were the lucky ones. And we were really grateful of that little room. And we'd let people come in there when they just needed a break from everyone and chill out. It was kind of like everyone's kind of plot loss room where they just go when they were going to lose the plot. Now, places like London, they're just full of all these hopeful people looking for work. And as I said before, there's just this endless supply of low-skilled workers who'll pretty much do anything to survive. So... This part here is where I go into my dark place for a little while, but I promise you I won't keep you there any longer than I need to. So just hang in with me to the end and I'm going to take you on this journey. So back then my life consisted of waking up, walking out of our house to find out it's just completely pissing down rain or drizzling, just enough so that you couldn't go outside. It was just unpleasant enough to be like that. Then it'd be about five degrees, pitch black. The sun doesn't even come up till about 10.30 in the morning and goes down at about four in the afternoon. And from someone coming from the Southern Hemisphere, I used to just walk out, open the door and just go, look, that's just unacceptable. <laughs> and after spending 24 hours inside a three-bedroom house with 16 people, you know, the walls started to get a lot smaller. And... As for work, we would get the princely sum of £4 an hour to work as a labourer on a construction site, covered in shit. You'd have to supply all your own stuff. And I think the train ticket back then was about four quid each way or four pounds each way. And if you wanted to buy lunch at a cafe, you look at eight pounds and that was just for something really, really basic. This meant like half my wages were gone. And I suddenly found myself in this depressing environment, to be honest. Really, I just wanted to get the hell out of this nightmare. But unfortunately, I had a girlfriend, I had friends, and I had these plans of travelling. And I suppose luckily they were there and, and they kept me going. And I'm still lifelong friends with all those guys from back in Dean Road. And we all just kept each other going back then through winter and what was usually in the form of underground rave clubs and the odd pub and sitting around smoking and telling our story. And it was really hard for me to adjust. I never really said anything to anyone. I just, I suppose I was earning about four times this salary in my own country. I was always surfing and diving and always going to the gym. I was one of those guys that always had the best car, good-looking girlfriend, 
big smile on my face, having an amazing life. And now this new culture of being broke, freezing cold, no network, because your network is your net worth. So I'd lost my network, had no leads to get a decent job. And to make matters worse, no sunlight, pissing down raining for two months daily. And that was a really culture shock for me. And I'd never been poor before. And it was just starting to really affect me mentally. Even though I, I didn't even really know what mental health was back then, people didn't even speak about it. It tends to be more at the forefront of conversations these days. And I can remember watching as everyone around me, they kind of just turned this unhealthy, pasty, white, pale colour. We couldn't afford to go to the gym or buy decent food and, and have decent exercising except for the rave club. And, you know, going out, it was just determined by how the local weather was. Thank fuck I found a job at the end of winter and saved enough money to go to Africa for six months. That really helped me find myself again. And I met up with these really cool Aussie guys that had a car and a stack of surfboards and they just said, Mark, jump in the back. You can ride our boards. You're the same height and weight as us. Just go thirds in petrol and food and come with us. And we went all over South Africa surfing and just really getting back to nature and enjoying that sun and, and the water and, and back into the surfing life. And I kind of just springboarded out of that and kept going. It was amazing. And after being out of the water for like two years, one thing I learned about myself is that my body's made up of around, what, 80 to 90% water. I was carried in water before my birth. And now I know I don't do well when I'm not in the water. And since then, I've never lived far from the ocean. I've always lived in walking distance to the ocean. Even up to this day, when I'm recording this podcast, I'm looking at the ocean right now. There's just something about the healing properties it possesses. And I've spoken to people from the country who say to me, oh, I'm not a water person. I don't understand that. I only know water people. <laughs> That's what I understand. And I even came home and became a scuba instructor after that nightmare in London. And that was so I could go and do it all over again the right way. And for me, that was teaching scuba diving in exotic places all over the world where it was summer all the time. And you know, it even led me to the chance encounter with my wife and that's given me everything and she's given me everything and got me to right where I am right now. So I know one thing, having the right mindset and being in the right type of environment it's key to being happy. Now, here's my top 10 tips for surviving winter. If you're in Europe or whether you're in some of those southern states that are really cold, first thing I'd do, which we didn't do, was have a good quality vitamin D supplement. If you're lacking sun, you're going to need to supplement that. And if possible, if you do have those periods where there is a little bit of sun, take your shirt off, make sure it gets on the back of your neck, don't use any sunscreen or sunblock, and just get some of that sun on the back of your neck because that vitamin D that's coming from the sun raises the levels of serotonin and dopamine and just makes you feel better. 
The second one, you need to get moving in a healthy environment. And gyms are way cheaper now than they used to be. We were paying like 10 and 15 pounds a visit back then, and that was 25 years ago. You probably go there now for five quid. Now, an infrared sauna is amazing. That's people who have got a little bit more money for their budget. And my big tip for people who are alone is to get out of your comfort zone and go and join a social club. One way to meet people if you're really lonely is to go and do Latin dancing. You know what? All those people, they've gotten out of their comfort zone and they're there because they want to meet people. And I know people who have met their future husbands and wives doing it and you're really getting that great dopamine level up, you know, as you're meeting people and learning new things. Number three, in extreme cases, get a good quality light therapy lamp. This is great for raising melatonin levels and this will help you sleep. But you need to really pay attention to these lamps and make sure you read the instructions and get a great one. I had a really, really great friend of mine and she found one of these lamps in our house in London and she put it on and sat in front of it for about 15 minutes. And seriously, she ended up with like second degree burns to her face because the filter was missing and she didn't know. And um, that was nasty. So you really want to make sure you read those instructions and don't get any of that stuff you find on the side of the road or hand-me-downs. Go and get the right sort of equipment. My all-time favourite practice, do it every day no matter how you feel, is journaling. This is amazing therapy to get your emotions out and to see how you're feeling day to day because you can look back and see how you progressed. Always putting something in that diary, what you're grateful for. You've probably heard it before and if this is the first time you've heard it, being grateful for something. If you're in the first world country, you should be grateful for a lot of things. Now, being grateful, it just raises those endorphins in your body and makes you feel better. And that's that's what we're here for. That's why it's called Positive Mindset Project. Now, if you feel negativity, write down where it's coming from. Try and identify it. And if it's from a person, you know what to do. Six, if possible, this is for higher income earners. Try to restyle your home and put happy colours in there. If you don't know how to, just look on YouTube or you can get a stylist to come in there or friends who are artistic with great imaginations. Come up with some things that make your place pop and feel happy because that says a lot about us. Seven, set goals, having something to look forward to. For example, a holiday or meeting somebody, especially in the sun, though I still really love going on snowboard trips because that's getting all that dopamine and those endorphins going. Living in a perpetual groundhog day in a freezing winter with just no goals and no hope, it really is just detrimental to the soul and it should be avoided at all times. And I I shouldn't have spent as long as I did doing that, but I didn't know any better, but now you do. Eight, getting enough sleep. 
go to bed early, go to bed at 8.30 or 9.30, get a book and read it and get up at 6am and do some meditation in the morning or do some exercises. Put on some uplifting music. Certainly avoid the news and avoid going onto social media for as soon as you get out of bed. I've already explained this before about how our emotions are attached to everyone we know. And if someone says something nasty or something you don't agree with, it can put you in a bad mood for the rest of your day. And that's why I tell people for the first hour when you wake up, don't look at your social media. Number nine, surround yourself with positive people and limit the time you spend with negative people. They usually leave you in an unresourceful state feeling drained. Have you felt that before with certain people? Nothing good comes of it. Now, number 10, it's really up to you to take action and get out of your comfort zone. We've heard it a million times. If nothing changes, well, then nothing changes and you stay in an unresourceful state. If you just can't seem to get out of that funk you're living in, you should contact your doctor and get advice, get a blood test even. And you can even contact me at markprovitz.com. I do have specifically designed programs for anxiety, stress, loneliness, and self-doubt. I'm currently helping people right now. Now, I hope you really enjoyed my insights on winter. Now you know the basics of how to survive. You've been listening to Positive Mindset Project, and I'm your host, Mark Provitz. Now, please like, share, subscribe, and give me a five-star rating. You can contact me via markprovitz.com. And please, I'm on a mission to get my 100,000 subscribers. And without you and your generosity, I can't do it. So I thank you for that. And if no one's told you today, I love you and I appreciate you. Have a great day.